Chapter Ten of Vinzi, a story of the Swiss Alps by Johanna Spiri, translated by Elizabeth P. Stork. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Anita Sloma Martinez. Chapter Ten: Old Friends and New Life. Spring was here again, and all the trees and hedges were in bloom. Stefelli could not gaze her fill at the fresh green grass as she wandered through the meadows with her school-bag on her back. The golden buttercups were gleaming here and there among the grasses, and red daisies were nodding merrily in the breeze. Stefelli was coming home from her last day of school for that season. How lovely that day had been a year ago when she had walked home with Finzi, and they had discussed the joys of the coming holidays— the whole summer had lain before them with the delightful prospect of many perfect days on the pasture. They would sit again under the ash tree as long as they pleased, or look for berries on the bushes. Then they would have to chase Schwarzelli and be altogether as free as the birds that whistled in the trees above them. But what would the coming summer be like? Stefelli only saw before her many hot days to be spent in the room with her hateful knitting she would probably not be able to spend one of them on the pasture, and at this thought she sat down on the edge of the meadow and sighed aloud. But Stefelli could never remain unhappy very long. Suddenly remembering that the wild strawberries behind the barn had been nearly ripe two days ago, she felt the need to inspect them. Quickly jumping up, she ran towards the house first in order to rid herself of her heavy load of books, but hurriedly flinging open the door of the living-room, she stood stock-still upon the threshold, dumb with astonishment. An unknown man sat opposite her mother, confidentially talking to her, and beside him was a boy of Vinzi's age, who took a lively part in the conversation. The mother was wearing a happier face than she had shown for a long while, and every few moments Vinzi's name was mentioned between them. "'I suppose this is your little daughter,' said the man, glancing towards the door. "'Come here, Stefelli. I am no stranger. I am your uncle Lorenz, and this is Jos, a good friend of Vinzi's.' Stefelli came joyfully up to greet the two whom Vinzi had loved so dearly. They seemed very welcome just at this time when she had felt so especially lonely. She took Uncle Lorenz's hand trustfully, for he gazed at her with such friendly eyes— it also made her happy to look at Jos, constantly smiling at her, as if he wished to say, We'll get along well together. Stefelli turned towards her uncle and said casually, Isn't Jos going to stay with us all summer? You know Vinzi stayed with you just as long as that. The uncle laughed. I call it a real welcome to be expected to stay all summer, but we'll have to talk with your father and see what he says. "'Why don't you take Jos out with you a little "'and see how you get along together?' "'This did not have to be urged. "'Stefelli, taking her cousin's hand, "'drew him happily after her. "'He must see everything in the stable and the barn, "'the garden and the chicken-yard. "'It was just as if Vinzi were home again "'and could share all her delights. "'Meanwhile, Vincenz Lessa had returned from his work.' and upon entering the room had greeted his guest with a surprise and visible joy. In the state of deepening depression under which he was laboring, his contented-looking cousin Lorenz was a welcome sight. "'We so much missed hearing from you,' said the latter, after the first greetings, "'that my wife kept teasing me about your Vinzi.' 
She feared we might not see him all summer, and we wanted to be sure to have him up again for the season. I want him no less than she does, for we miss him ever so much. We thought we'd bring you our yos for a while, as we agreed to do, and then the two boys could come up to us together till winter time. But your wife has just told me that Vinzy has gone away. I am mighty sorry not to see him, I must say, and my wife will be bitterly disappointed if he does not come. You have no idea how much she thinks of Vinzy, but he deserves it. The parents were glad to hear their cousin's words about Vinzy, but remained silent. Whenever the boy's name was mentioned, the furrows on Vincennes Les's brow always deepened, showing clearly that it touched the sorest spot. His wife therefore mentioned Vinzy as little as she could. Considerate little Stefelli by that time had felt that it was high time for Yos to get something to eat. She therefore came back and entered the room hand in hand with him. The two seemed to be old friends already. Yos went straight up to his uncle Vincennes to greet him. The latter looked at the open face of the boy with a mixture of pain and delight. Health, strength, and the sheer joy of living laughed from the lad's eyes. "'He'll be as big as you some day, Lorenz,' said Vincennes, after having measured Yos from top to toe. "'He must be a real help already.' "'So he is, I can tell you,' replied Lorenz, pleased that his cousin should find it worth while to examine his boy thoroughly. Mrs. Lessa, who had disappeared, now opened the door and gave Stefelli a sign. The child immediately began to set the table, taking great care not to forget anything. "'Your wife has a good little helper, too,' said Cousin Lorenz, watching Stefelli's quick preparations with great approval. "'My wife would like to have her, too.' You must send her up to us some day, but I can't guarantee that you'll ever get her back. The mother now came in and set on the table the best her kitchen and cellar could provide. It was a special delight to her to entertain these guests who had shown Vinzy so much kindness. I hope you are going to stay with us a few days, cousin, she said as she settled down opposite to him. She kept a vigilant eye on his and the boys' plates and constantly supplied them with fresh rosy ham and gold-green salad leaves from her garden. "'Won't you leave Yos here with us for a few weeks, cousin?' she asked. But Stefelli here pulled violently at her mother's apron and whispered, "'Say for the summer, mother, quickly, before he says yes,' for she was terribly afraid that the proposal might be accepted and then could not be changed. "'Yes, I will, cousin, and I must say you don't make it hard for one to stay,' replied the cousin." I came purposely on Saturday so I could have a nice Sunday with you tomorrow. I'll gladly stay if it suits you, but I'll have to leave on Monday. Vincennes shall settle what is to be done about my boy. There is plenty of time, replied the latter leisurely. We'll take a walk across the fields tomorrow. I suppose you count on looking about you here, and that will give us a good chance to talk. "'Look at the cow's stable before everything else,' cried Yos enthusiastically, who had been silent till then out of deep respect for his uncle. But the impression he had received in the stable was too powerful for him to be restrained. "'I am sure there are no finer cows anywhere than an uncle's stable. They look as clean as if they had just been watered.' "'I thought you would like them,' said his father, "'and I must see them to-day.' "'Do you still have your breed from Freiburg, Vincennes?' "'Why not?' retorted the other. 
I don't change a thing if it's good. Your boy seems to have eyes in his head. As soon as they had risen from the table, the men began their stroll through the stable and barn. Jos and Stefeli joyfully realized their chance to take another walk, for there were still many things for Jos to see. Early next afternoon the two men wandered through the blooming fields and meadows of Lessa's property. Mrs. Lessa was taking the children to the sunny slope where the first strawberries were ripening, for she knew that that would please them both. She had planned this separation as the men had many affairs to talk over. Busy with observations of the blooming trees, the luscious grass, and the fields which promised a plenteous harvest, they had reached the slope where Lessa's fine forest ground began. Before they started up the forest path, shaded by beautiful beech trees, Lorenz stood still a moment gazing down at the dwelling house, which looked up so invitingly from the high walnut trees surrounding it. Vincennes, you are a lucky man, he said at last. Joy and peace in your house, and everything about you in such fine shape that no one could wish for anything better. And all this is your own property. Yes, and another place in Freiburg with twice as many cows as here, and grass enough to fill the barn to the top. The furrow in Vincennes Lessa's brow grew deeper while he spoke as if worse things yet were coming. I get twelve cheeses a year from the milk. I see no reason for you to despair, Vincennes, said the other with laughing eyes. I never knew that the other place belonged to you as well. "'So you have two fine properties. "'Well, I can't help wondering about you. "'Our Lord has heaped you with blessings, "'and you show a face as if you had nothing but storms to battle.' "'It is easy for you to talk,' said Vincennes grimly. "'You have three fine, strong boys fit for work. "'But look at me. "'After all the work I have done here, "'I shall have to see it go to pieces. "'I can't be in two places at once.' and my son won't open his eyes and see the fine life that lies before him. Hundreds might envy him. When I inherited this place, I left my father's home, where every tree seemed like a comrade, and every piece of livestock had grown up under my very eyes. You can believe me that I hated to go, but you have no idea how run down and neglected this place was, and I knew that no stranger would undertake to look after it, I said to myself that I would do it for my boy. In a few years, he would be old enough to manage it himself, and then I could go home again. I even brought the property up more quickly than I expected to. Don't you yourself say that it looks like a blooming garden from one end to the other? Shall I let it run down again, or shall I let my other place go to such ruin that one can't recognize it any longer? Tell me what you think. Don't you think I have good cause to worry? And do you wonder I don't sing and whistle? You can see now how I stand. It is not half so bad as you think, retorted Lorenz with a cheerful face. You have a boy who is sure to amount to something fine one day. But you don't only have a boy. You have a daughter, besides, who is sure to bring you nothing but pleasure. Let six or seven years pass. You are an active man and can easily keep up both estates till then. By that time, you can give over this place here to your girl. She'll know how to look after it, and you can go back home once more. I shouldn't wonder if somebody would turn up by then who would gladly share the work and responsibility with her. 
your place will be in good hands then lorenz was walking on but stopped once more i nearly forgot to ask you the most important question he said what do you want to do with yos do you wish to keep him or would you rather be left by yourself he is not slow to learn i can see that remarked vincennes you'll probably miss him and i feel in your debt already for vinzi was no help to you in anything lorenz eagerly remonstrated vincennes should just hear his wife on the subject and she would tell him something else she herself had suggested bringing yost to them she had never wanted any of her boys to go away but since vinzi had been with them she thought that yos would learn only good things in such a household she also maintained that gratitude had to be shown for leaving vinzi with them so long besides having the hope that vinzi might return if yos stayed with them for a while and was able to serve them likewise tell me frankly concluded the cousin have you another reason for hesitating in keeping yos that is my only reason was the firm reply then yo shall stay here and you can send him home any time it suits you lorenz quickened his step now for he wished to have plenty of leisure left to talk with his cousin stephanie and her little daughter he already felt bound to them in great friendship when the evening was over he wanted to say good-bye to stephanie for he had to leave early the next morning when she would be sound asleep but stephanie giving her hand refused to do so and in the morning long before sunrise she stood under the door and looked at her uncle with laughing eyes she had grown so fond of this friendly man that she did not mind getting up so early she had firmly made up her mind to see him off but stephanie also had another plan as soon as her uncle was downstairs she said casually can you stay here now can he stay all summer till fall yes yes smilingly replied the uncle till your father sends him away the mother had prepared steaming coffee to strengthen her relative on his homeward journey yos had got up even before stephanie and could be heard outside with the father the boy had seen the stable door open and had run in to examine his uncle's beautiful cows one after the other vincennes seemed well pleased with this early visit the boy uttered one cry of admiration after another as well as suitable observations about the different animals for a time the father watched the boy as he went from stall to stall and looked at all the cows but when yos was so lost in the contemplation of the tidy stable and its inhabitants that he had forgotten everything else the uncle said i think we had better go to the house before your father leaves he might escape us otherwise dear me i never thought of that exclaimed yos and bounded away like an arrow after many hearty shakings of the hand the uncle started on his way vincenzed wished to accompany him to the borders of his property and the others went as far as the garden hedge when the men had disappeared stefali asked quickly yos wouldn't you like to go to the pasture then i could too if you want me to certainly but you can't ask me what i want replied yos because i am not master here oh i wish one could be master for once sighed stefali the father soon returned and as the mother had found several things to attend to in the vegetable garden he met all three outside 
he went up to jos whilst Develli stood with round expectant eyes behind the boy it seems to me you find real pleasure in the cows jos are you willing to take charge of them and take them to the pasture asked the father you are your own master then all day i'll leave you in absolute charge of them for you know what there is to do the child can go with you and can help in case of need she knows all the roads hereabouts and also a good deal about her business does that suit you oh yes i'd like to do that best of all cried jos while stefeli leaped for joy then she raced into the house after her mother as preparations for the day must be made at once the father meanwhile went to the stable with jos as it was time to start stefeli had never pictured to herself how wonderful it would be to be outside again and to chase her old friends and then cool off again under the shady ash tree jos's great joy in everything he saw and experienced would have carried stefeli along even if she had not been filled with happiness and joy herself all her old acquaintances were there again besides four gorgeous new red and white spotted cows which her father had fetched from freiburg another young schwarzelli was there too which galloped just as merrily from one side of the pasture to the other as stefeli's other favorite had done and often jumped over fences and bridges if they did not catch her in time stefeli remembered all their characteristics and told jos about them they would get to know the four new ones before very long jos grasped things eagerly and always retained his knowledge it seemed miraculous to stefeli how he could outguess a cow when she wanted to run off then he caressed and calmed her he caught schwarzelli by the tail while giving her first bound before she started flying off across the pasture like the wind it was exactly as if he could tell by looking at them just when they wanted to escape not much running had to be done therefore and jos always said to the child just stay under the tree stefeli i can manage them quite well alone and he was right he had learned to understand the new cows so quickly that they made large astonished eyes when their plans to run away were always frustrated from the start beside his duties jos found plenty of time frequently to leap up for joy often he sang and yodeled so loudly that it re-echoed from all the hills his voice was so fine and melodious that stefeli was charmed by it and would beg over and over sing again jos sing it for me again the morning always passed so quickly that the two looked at each other questioningly when they heard the sounds of the noonday bell from far away it seemed hardly possible that so many hours had already passed stefeli always spread out their lunch under the ash tree in the good old way after a searching glance at the cows who had quietly settled down about them in the sunshine jos sat down willingly by stefeli he first of all admired the neatly spread repast before him for he had never seen a meal set out so perfectly outdoors the swaying branches above gave them the needed shade i am sure no one else could spread a table as well as you can stefeli he said full of admiration then he began to eat everything stefeli offered him with the heartiest appetite the afternoon passed as quickly as the morning and when they were strolling homewards in the bright evening light stefeli said 
Oh, it was lovely today. I hope all the other days will be exactly like it. I hope so, too, repeated Yos. Vincennes Lessa stood at his barn and watched his herd coming home. Yos was running alongside of the cows, first on one side and then on the other. This kept them walking in a neat row instead of running first here, then there. A quick, orderly boy, said Vincennes Lessa to himself, as he slowly met the procession on its way to the stable. A series of perfect days followed, and the children had the happiest times. Stefeli's wish seemed to be fulfilled, for she fairly beamed with joy and well-being all day long, and Yo sang and yodeled louder every day from sheer happiness. It's just as if Vinzi were back since Yos is with us. Don't you think so, mother? said Stefeli, coming home one day with cheeks flushed, partly from delight and partly from the bright light of the setting sun. Yos, as usual, had stayed outside with his uncle. Yes, replied the mother. As long as we can't have Vinzi, I am glad Yos takes his place. I like Yos as much as if he belonged to us. I, too, said Stefeli, without hesitation. But there are three times when I had a better time with Vinzi, in the morning, in the evening, and on rainy days. It was much nicer then when Vinzi was at home. The mother well understood what Stefeli alluded to, but she asked the child to let Yos go on his way, as he was doing his duty, and it would be wrong of her to hinder him in that. "'I have tried already, but it does no good,' said Stefeli frankly. She was forbidden to do so again. The mother was only too glad and grateful to see how Yos occupied himself at those times, even if Stefeli was displeased." He did so of his own free will, and she had noticed that it had actually improved her husband's temper. Yos was always the first up in the morning, and if the stable, which was his favorite resort, was still closed, he thought of something which had to be set in order in the barn. In this way, Vincennes would find him busy with hammering or mending something. The boy always came to breakfast at the very last minute when the coffee was put upon the table, he didn't even notice how impatiently Stefeli was waiting for him. In the evening, after their return, Yos could not be lured away from his cows till the last one had returned from watering and was comfortably bedded on the straw. The mother had always set the steaming pot on the table before he came in. Stefeli never could count on running over to the wild strawberry bed with Yos, therefore. On rainy days, Yos always disappeared entirely. He knew in the early morning what work had to be done that day in the fields, the hills, the woods, or on the trees. When it rained, he would quickly ask his uncle, Can I go with the man today? The other always agreed, Why not, if you don't mind the rain? Rain didn't bother Yos at all. Everything that grew and brought in fruit interested him so much that he wanted to see it and have a hand in it if possible. Best of all, he liked it when the wood which had been felled had to be brought home from the forest. Then the horse was hitched to a large lumber wagon, and Yo sat on the high seat beside the hired man. As soon as they had left the house behind them, the man would say, There, take them if you want to drive. Giving Yo's the reins, he stretched out full length in the wagon to sleep a little longer. 
Jos knew the horse well, and the horse knew him, so the matter went very smoothly. Jos had already helped in every kind of farm work and knew exactly when things were in order or when something was amiss. He took hold of everything with such spirit and eagerness that he acquired an instinct for what was needed when matters went wrong. In the beginning, Vincennes Lessa had said to his wife in a bitter tone, "'Just look how he enjoys everything.' He works with such an eagerness, as if it were his own. Look at the pleasure he finds in it all. And my own boy, for whom we work, has never even seen it. But everything had turned out to make Mrs. Lessa happy. Her husband spoke every day in a different tone about Yos. He could say quite cheerfully now, The boy has four eyes in his head. He discovers what I overlook myself and the man would never have seen. He actually sees everything. I can entirely depend on him as on no one else, and he is so handy that it is a pleasure to see him work. Mrs. Lessa saw her husband's growing delight in their young nephew with hearty feelings of gratitude. He was in a much better humor than he had been for years, when during the afternoon she was sitting quietly and undisturbed in her room, her thoughts unerringly dwelt upon Vinzi, and she pondered about his future. She wondered if he would return after a year and take up the life his father wished him to, in which case he would never be really happy, or if he had definitely chosen a new path for himself which would forever estrange him from his father. She lost herself in imaginary conversations with her son, and the slightest noise made her start up as she would think that her boy might have suddenly returned. So it happened one day that her thoughts had been busy with Vinzi that the house door was opened and the noise of several footsteps neared the room. Mrs. Lessa had jumped up and running to the door had quickly opened it. Old friends who are looking for shelter in your house, said a vigorous man's voice. That same instant a slight hand grasped hers, then another. Only then could she really see them. Welcome! Welcome, Alida, Hugo! Welcome, Mr. Thornow! she cried, heartily delighted. Are you staying in our parts again? Not exactly, but we are here for the present, said Mr. Thornow, returning her friendly handshake. We'll stay here if you will receive us, but if you say no, we'll have to wander home again. Before everything else, I must tell you that I am bringing you two children who have lost their mother. They have asked me to come here, for nowhere else will suit them. Mrs. Lessa was won over already. The poor children, she said to herself, and the poor father, she added. Then she turned to the latter. Mr. Thornow, she said, won't you stay here till evening when my husband comes home? Then we can talk it over. "'And what does his wife say?' asked Mr. Thornow. "'Oh, she would love to take their mother's place for a time if she could,' replied Mrs. Lessa. "'I am glad,' he exclaimed with satisfaction. "'He was willing to wait for Mr. Lessa, and settled meanwhile under the shady walnut trees with his children. "'Vincennes Lessa looked with surprise at the guests he found waiting before his house.' But there was not much time for wondering, because Mr. Thornow had gone up to him and eloquently informed him of the reason for this visit. 
he was sure mr lessa would not shut his door against him and especially his children who had declared that they would not spend their summer anywhere in the world except at mr lessa's residence he had come with the firm hope that mr lessa would not turn them away and begged him not to propose a house in the neighborhood they already knew as the children simply would not go back there he had no intention either of forcing them to it it meant either mr lessa's house or going home again as it was impossible for him to stay with the children just then he could not leave them anywhere else alone vincennes lessa was not displeased at hearing the gentleman's words either his house or none but still one could not tell what these children might bring into his home for he hardly knew the people after reflecting a while he answered it falls to my wife looking after children is her affair this suited him best if his wife wanted to keep them as he suspected already it would be his wife's concern if they got into mischief she would have to look out for them for she had taken them in with pleasure replied mr thornow quickly turning to mrs lessa he said everything is settled i suppose for i think you have already said yes in your heart mrs lessa heartily shook mr thornow's hand for he had been right she had long ago decided to keep the motherless children and show them all the affection she was capable of mr thornow was anxious to take immediate leave as he had planned to journey on as soon as he knew his children were in good hands then mrs lessa consulted him about their life what their occupations and pleasures were to be her own children had always led the most simple life she told him mr thornow wished for nothing better than to give them the life hers were leading to be up on the pasture from morning till evening would be the best for them he could hope for the rest of the time mrs lessa could judge for herself to his great disappointment alida's music lessons had been given up he had always enjoyed her playing his chief wish was to see them both come back to him sunburnt and with blooming cheeks just as her own lad looked taking mrs lessa a little apart pointing to his sad-looking pale boy he added i am sure i won't have to specially recommend him to your care just look at him he never was very strong or happy and since he has lost his mother he is worse than ever no life no spirits no interest in anything the doctor actually insisted on my sending him away mr thornow quickly took farewell till the autumn when he planned to see them all just then jos and stefeli merrily chatting came home with the cows jos disappeared in the stable as usual and stefeli slowly approached the house there was no hurry for her mother was busy in the kitchen and jos would not come back yet for at least an hour suddenly her slow steps turned into great leaps for at the strawberry hedge she had discovered two figures could it really be true and yet it was with a cry of joy stefeli ran over to alida and hugo alida also greeted stefeli with loud continued expressions of delight but where is vinzi asked alida when the greetings were over stefeli told her how long he had been away and that no one knew when he would come back alida looked extremely disappointed but stefeli always had a consolation ready 
I am sure he'll come home while you are here. Yos is here, too, and you'll be sure to like him. Will you stay all summer long? Alida assented, and we are to spend our days on the pasture because Papa wants us to, she added. But it is a shame Vinzy won't be with us. Stelfali answered Alida that it was never dull up on the pasture. Her father had prophesied a long stretch of good weather, and that meant that they would be out of doors all day. Mr. Lessa had been right. The merry little group could wander up day after day to the sunny pasture, and Mrs. Lessa saw to it that a really nourishing meal was always taken along. Alida was in perfect raptures over this free life, hitherto unknown to her, what a blissful beginning of the day to start off in the early morning when she was usually lying asleep in bed behind her heavy curtains how delicious the pure air was all the birds in the trees sang and whistled so that it sounded like a loud chorus of joy to god the two girls would start out together on little trips to explore the interesting places on the large wide pasture sometimes they would seek berries or flowers Another time they went to the old wall where the shining lizards sunned themselves, or listened attentively when the children began to sing. Stefeli knew that if they were silent, or made the least movement, the little green creatures would quickly slip away. Alida found it an especial treat to be able to sit down anywhere on the sun-dried ground. She had not experienced this before, and it gave her constant pleasure. Stefeli was always ready to settle down beside her, and everything furnished them with subjects for lively conversation. On the first morning, when Stefeli had promised to waken Alida early, both girls stood fresh and full of enterprise before the barn, waiting for Yos. He had to loosen the cows from their chains before driving them out. Hugo had come down from his room because his father had wished him to go along to the pasture. He looked so frail and tired that it hurt Mrs. Lessa to look at him. She led him affectionately back to his room, and fixing the cushions on his bed, told him to rest a little longer. There was no hurry for him to go, for a little later on she would take him up and show him the way herself. He would never have to start quite so early if he did not want to. For the first time since he had lost his mother, Hugo felt himself sheltered again by a mother's affectionate care. From that day on, a great love for her began to fill his heart. She watched over him like a mother and saw to it that everything was done for him that might do him good. In these first days, the quiet boy, who was still bearing a great sorrow in his heart, spent many hours alone in Mrs. Lessa's company. He found great consolation in it and learned to feel such confidence in her that he began to talk about his mother. She listened with such sympathy that they always returned to that subject when he was with her. The comfort the boy found in her warm interest was soon apparent. One day Hugo came down quite early into the gleaming sunshine. He had never done it since that first day when he had looked so pale and tired. He already seemed much stronger, and to Mrs. Less's joy wished to go right up to the pasture. Till then, he had preferred to sit in the house till she sent him out and accompanied him part way. Hugo found Yos alone on the pasture, singing and whistling while he strolled about among the cows. 
Alida and Stefelli had gone on a little trip of discovery. It seemed as if Hugo saw the beautiful creatures who were grazing here and there, looking about them for the first time in his life. He began to ask Yos many questions, for after watching them carefully, he had noticed how much they differed in their looks as well as in their ways. He had always thought that cows were just cows, one like another. Yos was in his element now and grew talkative, drawing Hugo's attention to all the animal's habits. The subject proved so contagious that Hugo conceived a keen interest in them and wanted to hear all about them. He only had to ask to be told what he wished to know. Yos could describe them with such keen vividness that Hugo grew most eager to share Yos's knowledge and to find pleasure in it. He soon knew what fodder was the best for milk, which was made first into butter and then into cheese, and how the milk had to be handled for that purpose. He also learned that the alpine herdsman preferred Vincennes Lessa's milk to any other because his cows were of the best stock and were so immaculately kept. The two were still talking eagerly when, to their great astonishment, Stefelli came running toward them and spread out their midday meal under the swaying ash tree. They had been so lost in their conversation that they had not noticed how the time had flown. This had suited Stefelli, too, because she had come back rather late from her expedition. Alida also appeared, and in the best of humor, as the four sat down to lunch. All of them felt especially merry, because Hugo had never been so lively and gay. "'We'll pretend we are a family,' suggested Alida, "'and we must always stay the same. Hugo is the proprietor of an estate, and I am his sister, the unmarried lady of the mansion. Yos is our manager.' "'Then Stefelli can be the mistress,' was Hugo's proposition.' "'But, Hugo, she couldn't be,' Yos cried out. "'Stefelli cooks for us and sets the table. "'She couldn't be the gentleman's wife. "'She must be my wife.' "'Yos is right,' decided Alida. "'We'll have it that way, then.' "'You see, the owner has a mother. "'That's much better than a wife,' said Hugo. "'When Mrs. Lessa visits us some day, "'you'll have to receive her as my mother "'and prepare a great feast for her.' This thought met great approval, and they began to plan immediately for this feast. Alida invented such astonishing plans for the celebration, with torches and rockets, that Yo said that our cows will all jump over the hedges from fright, and the people at the feast will have to climb after them in their festive jackets. All four burst into loud laughter at this picture, which brought a sudden end to these extravagant plans. Their meal was ended, and they settled here and there in the shadows of the broad branches. Soon all four were sound asleep, fanned by the leafy boughs above them. They slept as well as if they had been lying on regal couches. On Hugo's pale cheeks, the air and sunshine, gently caressing him, roused a faint rosy color. Talking merrily, the whole company afterward came wandering down from the pasture, a glow from the golden light of the setting sun. As usual, Yos went to the stable, and Hugo disappeared with him. "'Oh, dear, now he begins it too,' said Stefelli. "'I only wonder what he wants to do there still.' "'Just let him go,' remarked Alida. "'I am glad of it. He is much happier when he is with Yos. I have noticed that to-day.'" End of chapter 10